This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. It doesn't have to be pretty. I've been telling you it doesn't have to be pretty. And they wouldn't. They couldn't. And they didn't lose to Washington. Welcome to Go Birds number 36, the post-game show. John Barchard, Elliot Shore Parks. We will have an announcement about a brand new diseased Eagles fan that is in the world. But first, let's uh, check in with our good friend, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, how you feeling this morning, pal? The Eagles, my friend. Are back, <laughs> fully Eagles back, fully back. Are back. They're fully back. They're they are fully back, and I'll tell you why they are back. This uh, offense, and me and you have been on the same page all season. I finally am seeing legitimate signs of life in this offense. Not like fluky touchdowns, not one drive per game. Over the last six quarters, and especially last night, which we'll get into, I think this offense is actually turning a corner. Now you could argue it shouldn't have taken this long. But it's here when it's here. And I think that there is actual reason to be optimistic about this team. Yeah, and so do I. And this is right back to where I thought most of us would be. I know that and even I, I said last night it kind of felt or had the environment uh, of a fourth preseason game once you got into the later half of the third quarter and fourth quarter. And I mean, we saw Mark Sanchez, for Christ's sake, who hasn't uh, thrown a touchdown since 2016. And if I, I think that's the stat that they flashed uh, while that was going through. Uh, I actually really do feel bad for Colt McCoy. Um, two broken fibulas in the same franchise for uh, for the both quarterbacks is a, is a really weird thing, and uh, Colt was always one of those guys, despite his talent or how good people think he is or isn't. Um, it's just a really unfortunate thing that uh, happened there. Then it became pretty easy for Jim Schwartz not, you know, can't even screw that up, which they didn't. Defense played and did their job and, uh, you know, a lot of pressure. Uh, and again, they lost more offensive linemen last night as well. But you are right with this this offense and having uh, Golden Tate kind of be. That was what I, I always wanted to see out of this. It wasn't really necessarily mm-hmm. that you needed uh, Golden Tate on um, you know specific plays which Doug even talked about this morning with Angelo uh, and just going through and just making sure that on the scramble drills on broken plays when Carson Wentz is getting to the edge that he can point and throw the ball and that's pretty much what happened uh, I don't know what was going on in that first drive 
you know, I mean, Carson was five for five. They were moving the ball. Uh, they end up scoring right there, but put some stick them on the ball next time, please. Everybody fumbled yeah. on that first drive. But you're right. This is where it needs to turn the corner. And I've got to say, it's probably and more likely because of the things that uh, we've been saying for a while. The offensive line is starting to play really, really, really well. Uh, Jason yep. Kelsey last night, probably one of a, a top five game for him easily in an Eagles uniform. Uh, I was gushing over a lot of different things on the rewatch here. Uh, Lane Johnson looks like nothing is bothering him now. And Mike got a little Mike got a little fast getting into his sets last night. I think I counted at least, at least three times where he beat the snap and the rest didn't call it. Uh, that seems to be the theme of the weekend for that across Jason the NFL. Pe- that, that Jason Peters trick right there. <laughs> and we hope that uh, uh, that he's going to be okay. I'm sure uh, somebody will have uh, an update uh, this morning as uh, Doug is heading to his press conference. But that's where I think this stops and starts is actually with the offensive line playing so well. I think that's more or less why this offense is moving a lot better. And playing against Washington and New York doesn't, doesn't hurt either, obviously, here, Elliot. Right. And, I mean, look, I think what – you're, you're right. Big picture. I'm sorry. Just on the first drive, the fumbles clearly not ideal. They were lucky enough to, I mean, the Golden Tate one went out of bounds. Uh, the Corey Clement one was pretty bad. And the Josh Adams one seemed like the ground forced that. So, I mean, you know, it's hard to really blame them. But overall, when you look at that first drive, I mean, seven runs, five passes. I mean, I know our boy James would be extremely happy to hear that. <laughs> and just, just the fact that, you know, I'm not like a big run a super balanced offense guy, but I do believe you need to run the ball and have that element of your offense so to see that from the beginning was obviously big obviously big for this offense but really what it was is it just gave this team such a feeling of confidence momentum and you can feel it in the stadium like it sounds crazy to say but at these Eagles games when the offense takes a feel for the first time there's already an immense amount of pressure like if they go three and out on their first drive the feeling in the stadium has all season has been one of just such like desperation and just sadness. I mean, like they go out and it's like, oh, here we go again. The offense is playing bad. So for them to go down and do that, I think not only breathe life into the crowd, but I definitely think it got this team going. I mean, one thing they've said time and time again this year, especially Zach Ertz has said it, Doug has said it, Carson has said it, that this team is meant to play with a lead. Now, uh-huh. I would guess a lot of teams feel that way, but that I think that they really are. I mean, the way their pass rush works, the way they like to run their offense. So the fact that they got up 7 nothing against a team that they should be they should have beat easily and they did end up doing so i thought that was that was really huge and i also thought it was really good for uh, carson's confidence yeah and people will point that out you know and that 90 yard touchdown by adrian peterson was just like so misplayed by a bunch of right. different levels and i at first at first watch i was like how come they didn't stack the box and then uh, uh re-watching it this morning I'm like oh they totally did everybody just got you know just uh blocked out and plugged up and you're going what's going on there you see everybody got drifting sydney had a bad miss yeah sydney had a really bad miss everybody's drifting into the blocks and you're going oh man it was just there's just a terrible play kind of for everybody and then you go man Adrian Peterson still is that fast, and and then you know they they shut him down after that for obvious reasons, and people look at that and go, yeah, well, of course that's what's supposed to happen. It's Mark Sanchez, but I mean it's Crevion LeBlanc. It's to a to an yeah. extent it's Razul Douglas, who I thought played really well last night. 
as long as he really wasn't covering anybody. I know that's a weird thing to say, but he was phenomenal last night in tracking down the ball carry. His tackling was outstanding. Uh, the uh, the double, what was that pass? It was to what? Uh, Vernon Davis, and then they threw it across the other field. That was a huge play that he went and made yep. there. Uh, you know, Shandon Sullivan, all of those guys. Sidney Jones, you didn't really hear their names all game long, and everybody played really well, and that's that's what you need to do. It's not about it's never going to look pretty here for this for this next go, and we'll certainly get into that because we're on a short week just like the Eagles are here. But I don't think you can just ultimately just poo-poo it and take it away from what the defense did. They're banged up too. Uh, and like we said, a lot of guys that shouldn't be on NFL rosters are are back there right now. But getting back yeah, I mean, to, Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Ellie. No, I was going to say, yeah, you certainly can't take it away. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, you're not playing the best offense in the league. There's no denying that. But you look at how this defense has struggled this year. I mean, even just last week against the Giants. I mean, the Giants obviously have a more talented offense. And for what it's worth, it seems like not that that Giants win looks impressive, but the Giants overall, I think, have they won three of their last four or four of their last five? I mean, they're playing – a little better than uh, I think you know you would you would expect considering what you how you would feel about that win. But regardless, I just think anytime this defense goes out and you only hold and you hold almost any opposing offense to 13 points, it's a pretty good showing. And as you mentioned, they had a lot of uh, backups in their secondary as well. I thought Rasul Douglas played kind of like a Jalen Mills esque game. He yes. had the one play where everyone's going to point to and say, "Yeah, he can't cover anybody." Overall, though, didn't really hurt the defense that bad. They still only gave up 13 points, and he made a lot of huge plays in the open field, which is something Jalen normally does with his tackling. So I thought Rasul was encouraging it. You mentioned Sidney. I mean, outside of his missed tackle on Adrian Peterson, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch a game yet, so you might be able to tell me a little bit more about this. I can't tell if that was him coming over. And trying to uh, miss a tack and, and then trying to make a tackle, or if he was where he was supposed to be and just completely whiffed. But uh, regardless, outside of that, I mean, you know, for one of his, I guess this would be his first full game on the outside in the NFL, right? Yes. He got, he got hurt against the Saints. So yes. in, in his first full game on the NF, in the NFL on the outside, I thought it was pretty encouraging how little you heard from him. Yeah, and I'm excited to kind of go in on, you know, tomorrow and, and kind of look at the L-22. And I'm sure that with somebody, a friend, anybody who's going to have that uh, before uh, before that actually comes out. I'm just uh, I'm excited to see if he was. You know, it seems like he was largely ignored. I don't even remember him being targeted most of the time, which is also, you know, a great sign when that happens, too. Um, getting back to the offense, so we mentioned it earlier, you know, everybody's here. And I, I've questioned it for a very long time, too, of Darren Sproles getting uh, or maintaining uh, himself on this roster. And do you at some point kind of move him out? To IR, like I never really understood that, and holding yeah, so on. much for those calls to put him on IR. <laughs> yeah, and and, and and all of this about like, is he really doing anything? He's just taking up space and a fully healthy Darren Sproles. And I'll even say because there were people that did not like that first third and four call with him in it. They had the numbers there. I mean, it was I think it was seven on six. In the in the box, all Darren Sproles has to do is miss that one guy, or uh, I can't remember if, who was on the if that was Brooks or Kelsey or whoever it was that was supposed to take that guy on. But uh, uh, all they had to do is make one guy miss there, and that's a first down. At least in my eyes, I loved Darren Sproles being back. Um, every time you kind of count this guy out, he once again reminds you that he is really effective uh, in you know the the type of usage that they have, and I believe he only finished with uh, four carries overall. But that run was was vintage, and mm-hmm. I, I saw Brandon Thorne and the rest of the the O line 
you know, gurus just look at Jason Kelsey's block on that play where he pancakes somebody with his chest and he's just, you know, riding this guy from hash to hash all the way down. One of them, he's he freaking out, saying that was one of the most impressive blocks that they had ever seen. And uh, to have both of those guys on the same field at the same time is definitely now an asset moving forward. I, I think that's encouraging and, and more than encouraging. I think that's an exciting sign for the offense here, Ellie. Yeah, two, two takeaways from what you just said. First, absolutely seeing Sproles get in the end zone. Um, you, you could tell in the locker room afterwards, players were genuinely excited that that happened for him. I mean, here's a guy that, let's be honest, a lot of these players on this roster grew up watching. I mean, the uh-huh. Eagles team, you know, especially like in the secondary now, a lot of these players are young. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is only in his uh, fourth year. So I do think they were very excited to see that for him. Here's what I would say about Sproles. I thought that, yes, he, he did have that one touchdown run, and I'm not a guy where, you know, it's like, well, if a running back runs it nine times uh, and only gets a yard each, but then on his 10th one he has 90 yards, it wasn't a good game. Like, I'm not saying that. I mean, right. the, the touchdown run was, run was incredibly impressive, but I didn't think he looked very good as a punt returner. And overall, he just didn't seem quite as elusive, I mean, as uh, as he really has in the past. I mean, the touchdown run was impressive, but I thought, uh, you know, like the third and fourth call you mentioned, I'm not sure. Yes, maybe the blocking was there and he has to make someone miss, but coming off an 11-week injury, basically, I'm not sure putting him in that spot, what was the best decision. But, you know, you already touched on it. The offensive line played great, but I think part of part of the reason was I thought that Doug had a pretty good game in terms of – Really good some, Yeah, I mean – well, let me ask you this before I get into it. What did you think of the decision to go for it on fourth down? Loved it. On the goal line. Absolutely. Then there's the, See, the, okay, I didn't like it. Well, and, and here's why. I mean, there's no question. And and this is, and people yelled at me, so, you know, whatever. We'll have to figure out what happens at the end. There was, to me, that play looked like a designed run to at least go to the left because it was uh, it was lopsided towards that side. They had the four wide receivers. I believe your boy Jordan Matthews might have missed the block. Or, oh, no, no, he didn't on that. I mean, he 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 stifled his man there. I thought. Yeah, I was about to say, watch your mouth. Man. I thought Brown was was supposed to be a free runner there. Like, cause, because it's going that way. So even if he gets through, it's not going to matter. The exchange was a little slow. And then Adams hesitated almost like he was going to do a jump step. And by that time, mm-hmm. you know, the play was over. Now, if. Lane or Brooks or anybody screwed that up and they weren't supposed to double team, that's fine. I'd love to hear that answer. But to me, that looked like Josh Adams should have just ran through and, and he's trying to hesitate and make a decision at that point. I don't mind that there, especially because you know now, Mark, or this at this point, Colt McCoy is going back to the locker room. You know Mark Sanchez is coming in and you're saying, good luck, have fun from the one with Mark Sanchez in there because your offense isn't going to beat us. That, that to me, looked like the initial thought plan going into it. I didn't have a problem with it. I know everybody said go kick the field goal and go get points, but you're at home, and if you can't get in from a yard in, uh, then you shouldn't make the playoffs. That's that's kind of how I always feel, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that's what Doug was thinking there, but wh- why didn't you like it? All right, so I do see those points for sure, and I, I will start by saying I didn't hate the decision to go for it. I just still think this offense is kind of like in its infancy, in, in, like in the way that it's still like I think it's back now and I think you saw some really encouraging signs last night but I still think like you just want to get points at you know have drives and and with a po- on a positive note get the sure. field goal and I see your point about going for the one and then you back them up and then assuming you get a stop you get field position on the next drive it makes sense I'm not saying I hate the decision I just I don't know like as much as I talked about at the beginning of the podcast about how it's always feels like this offense is kind of teetering on just being a disaster and you know the the mood really changing 
I just felt like at that point of the game, going for it, ending the drive like that, giving the Redskins a bit of life, I just didn't like it. And I mean, I guess that's a bit of a results-oriented take on my yeah. part because if they get it, then, of course, you sit here and you say, okay, good call. I just thought <laughs> it was kind of an unnecessary risk, if that makes sense. I would rather just take in the points, especially because, as you mentioned, you're facing an offense that probably isn't going to score many points. So, you know, I mean, I believe this game was still 14-13 pretty late into the uh, – into the fourth, right? Yeah, because it, it was yeah. So it was fourteen. The Eagles didn't take a twenty-two thirteen lead until about five minutes ago. Or no, sorry, right beginning of the fourth. So pretty close game for three quarters. Um, again, don't hate it. I just uh, it's not what I would have done, but I guess that's why uh, I don't have a Super Bowl ring. And Dougie P does. So. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit of heart attack. And and honestly, like the the whole reason why is because unfortunately the red zone efficiency is still kind of an issue too. So I think that goes into it as well. And I gotta, I mean, for all the run the ball people and go score points and be aggressive. That's exactly what you asked for. And then everybody's yeah. bitching about it. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear any of that. Uh, I, and, and it's just like, well, it's not about that. It's not about bad play calling. That wasn't a bad play call. It was just, again, when you look at this thing, that's poor execution at, at some point. I mean, this is, we just said it. This offensive line was playing great. It actually opened a lot of holes for all three running backs last night. I thought Corey Clement had a, had a pretty decent game as well. That's where you're supposed to win. If you feel like, and the belief in your players once again. There's a this it's it's short term now. Yeah, you have to go win this game, but it's also a long term feel too. saying no matter what. And there was no hesitation. I almost feel Mm -hmm. like if they got that playoff before they called the timeout, that was going to work. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, um, they couldn't get it fast enough. If they would have gotten up to the line, a la Chip Kelly, sorry to bring his name up and just (laughs) blasted it in there. That's probably a touchdown because they're exhausted. Now they have time to think about it. Now they have time to get new personnel on it. So maybe there I could see uh, a little bit at, but Again, that's not really coaching, that's execution. Doug had his play chart up immediately, didn't even think about it, and said, we're going to go do this next. Um, it's something you need to do to get this offense and to score uh, or you know, points in the red zone here. And let's talk about Carson Wentz. Well, for hold on, a hold on. Oh, sorry. Really go, quick. Go I was going to say, I mean, look, I get it. Like that That's Doug's mantra, that that's how he does things, that's who he is. But I think that this team is a little bit more like the 2016 as opposed to 2017. In 2017, Doug was playing with a bigger margin for error, right? I mean, they were able to score more points. They were winning by more. So going for these fourth downs didn't really end up hurting them. And last night, it didn't either because it ended up winning by 15. But if you remember in 2016, there were a lot of moments over the season where he went for it, and they lost a lot of close games that year. I mean, even, again, it didn't matter because he didn't make the playoffs, but going for two against Baltimore. uh, I believe against the Giants on the road, he went for it on fourth down, had Carson roll out in a close game that they lost. So I just think that this season there is going to be, especially going forward, the, the margin fair is so slim at this point. I mean, the Eagles' playoff chances are better than I thought they would be, you know, sitting here on Tuesday morning. But the but the margin fair is still so slim that just giving points up, I just – I still have a little bit of a problem with it. I see all your points. I just think that overall for a team that's averaged 20 points basically all season, now is definitely heating up, but has averaged 20 points all season, giving away three points like that, I just – I wasn't a fan. You can't change the identity of who you are. And trying to get back to that and then saying, okay, we're not going to be as aggressive, especially at home, to get the crowd in it. That's where I say if your philosophy is that and you want your – 
you, the confidence level in in your players, then that has to continue. And we're not going to like it sometimes, and it's fair to criticize it and question it because that's what we do. That's why we're here as fans, as media people, as whatever. We, uh, I will always be on the aggression part of this. Because, yeah, but don't, because, you think Doug's already, don't you think Doug's kind of already sent that message? Like, I don't think if they kicked a field goal last night, the players head back thinking like, oh, man, Doug doesn't believe in us. No, like, think- no, but but over the long term, if you just t- take field goals in, he did. I mean, it, it, uh, when they had to, they did take field goals. But mm-hmm. uh, again, this is this is all a part of it. You're on the one yard line. You know, yep. that's a, that's the biggest difference to me. And for all the people that saying are, you know, going for two in certain situations. And any time you have a chance to score a touchdown and you are on the one yard line or a two point conversion, you're doing it. Because when is the next time you're going to be at the one yard line? You know, that's that's right. that's all gets factored into that. And they didn't. They didn't. They weren't at the one yard line for the rest of the game. Uh, now they still scored and, and had touchdowns and did all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, uh, that's 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 my bigger takeaway from that. And we certainly wouldn't be talking about it if Carson Wentz threw it high and to the outside of Alshon Jeffrey might not have been a touchdown but probably would have been a really hard interception as Josh Norman kind of undercut the route and um, just didn't didn't really see it there and that's that's the bigger issue at least moving forward for me converting on those chances on fourth and one uh, and also making sure that Carson is a, is a little more safer when you are in scoring points range uh, to that and that was just um, I, I, you know, it's a, it was a bad throw. Like overall, yeah. I thought Carson played uh, pretty well. Um, and, uh, and to me, the bigger takeaway it was he looked a lot more confident in this game, which is a great thing to see. Uh, Doug even said that they rolled him out to the edges to get him going a little more. But things like that have to clean up. Um, but overall, I thought Carson played really well, Elliot. Yeah, and I thought he seemed really confident out there. Not that he hasn't over the past few weeks, but I thought you saw a lot more of just Carson where he's out there just playing and not thinking so much and thinking about everything going on. I mean, I can always tell when Carson's really like feeling it, when he's running uh-huh. around and pointing people this way while he's moving. You know, his eyes, he's so good at keeping his eyes down the field while, while there's pressure. I mean, the Golden Tay touchdown was a perfect example of mm-hmm. that. But even earlier on in that drive where the opening drive of the game where he scrambles out, I believe it was to his left, He's, he's, you know, he's running towards the sideline. He points for Golden Tate, a guy that, let's be honest, doesn't have a ton of chemistry with to this point. Points for him to go, lofts it over to him perfectly. So, yeah, I thought getting him out, uh, getting him rolling was definitely uh, an encouraging sign. Um, I do think he played very well overall. Uh, you know, I talked about how Doug doesn't have much margin fair. I mean, Carson doesn't either. And that red zone interception was just, I mean, it was horrendous. Like, it was a bad decision. Carson, Carson said after the game that he forced it. So I think he knows that it was extremely mm-hmm. tight coverage. As you mentioned, you put it up a little more. Maybe it's a, it's a bit of a tougher interception for Josh Norman. But I just don't think that's a pass you throw. But not just that. Earlier on, he had, and we debated this on Twitter a little bit, but he had Jordan Matthews for a touchdown. And I thought he just put that too far out in front of him as well. So definitely still, you know, not a perfect game from Carson by any means. I still think he's not completely back to that player he was last year. I'm not talking about injury or anything, just saying, I just don't think he's playing at that level. He certainly has flashes of it, but he still makes, you know, like four or five plays a game where you're like, what, you know, what this, this is not the Carson Wentz we think that uh, the Eagles have. So I thought you saw a little bit of that last night, but overall 27 to 39, 306 yards, two touchdowns. Hard to complain about that in a 15 point win. And looking at Deshaun Watson and just what he's been able to do, and I've been kind of keeping on their same track. I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't really look the same first two, three 
three, four weeks of the season and obviously showed in their record. And then it got right just just past that year marker for his knee. Uh, and I know Carson had a lot more to deal with. But now Carson's starting to hit that stride as well. Like it's, it's still probably not all the way back, just like you said, but you're starting to see it. And he's starting to feel it. And he's feeling a lot more comfortable around there in this last two weeks. It's a great thing to see. Uh, and, you know, and just as you said, and posted, because, you know, who is it from again? That, that 16% uh, went up from the from the playoffs? Uh, 538. Which is never wrong, by the way. 538 yeah, is always exactly. predicted everything correctly. But we'll, we'll take it for now is, you know, that's going to be hugely important especially for Sunday and now I gotta I also have a, a, t- a tiny bone to pick with you because you you uh, put out this article uh, this morning as well at 94wip.com slash go birds to read all of Elliot's great stuff but you did say that the the Cowboys Eagles rivalry is a little forced and now it and actually boring. means and, and, and boring, boring as well. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean proved wrong. But if 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 that's boring, then every single rivalry in the NFC East is boring, in my opinion. Because then you could make the argument for it's all forced. Well, I, I want to touch on that on the end. But this is the, the the one part that I do agree with you is like this is going to feel like an old school Cowboys Eagles week where everybody wanted to start things on fire. And yeah, and it's there like I uh, and and I know and there's going to and I even believe to my soul right now that I do not think that they're going to win this game, but I'm going to yell and scream like I think <laughs> like I think they're going to win this game. This is pretty much exactly what you wanted as an Eagles fan right now. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and it was astounding to me, Elliot, at least. And maybe you found this, too, that people counted this team out immediately after the Cowboys beat the Saints. And you've got the Giants beating the Bears and all the weird stuff that has happened as football fans that I've seen over the last, I don't know, 25 years or so of how crazy the end of seasons get. And now they have an opportunity to make a huge dent in that this Sunday against the Cowboys. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm sure this will be. Uh, the most talked about week in this season uh, starting today. Yeah, I mean, I'll I will raise my hand and admit I overreacted to the Cowboys win over the Saints. Not so much in the way that I'm still impressed by the Cowboys in general. I do think they're building something there, and that's and I'll touch on that in a second talking about this upcoming game. But just overall, I think that win by the Cowboys certainly it would have been easier for the Eagles had they lost that game, and you. You didn't any no one really thought the Saints would lose that game. But overall, look, the Eagles are still 60 minutes away from controlling first place in the NFC. So now mm-hmm. their schedule going forward is a little tougher than the Cowboys. I mean, the following week, Cowboys go to the Colts. Eagles go to L.A. Obviously, that's a bit of a tougher matchup. Then you have Deshaun Watson coming here. So certainly a tough road ahead still for the Eagles. But here's what I would say about about this upcoming game. And, you know, me and my article saying that the rivalry is kind of boring and forced like I'm 30. I'm 30. Well, I'm 31, actually. I just turned 31. So I'm 31 (laughs) years old. Like, I've grown up in Philadelphia. To me, like, I can't think of many times over the past. I mean, I I looked it up. How many, like, classic Eagles Cowboys games have there been recently? Like, in the past 10 years? Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's the 44 to 6 game. There's the Brandon Boykin interception. Yeah, of course. There's all, I mean, so that's two. So you're looking for it. They have to be iconic. Otherwise, it's not, it's not that. No, I'm just saying, like, this team, these two teams in general have not, first of all, they play late in the season a lot. Yeah. At least recently, which has impacted things. I mean, the last two times they've played late in the season in week 17, the game, the game's meant absolutely nothing. So that's half of the games right there where they play the Cowboys in the year that, that mean nothing. But it's also that these two teams haven't really been 
on the same kind of trajectory or the same skill level recently. I mean, I think I looked it up and they've only both had winning records four out of the last 10 years. They've only both made the playoffs once, I think, out of the last, in the same season, I mean, uh, once out of the last 10 years. So you haven't really had a time, at least honestly in my lifetime, uh, and I know you're you're a little older than me, but where the, both the Eagles and the Cowboys have both been at the same kind of level at the same time. And I, I think that's why when you talk about this upcoming game, like obviously it has all these playoff implications, and I really do think this has a chance to be an epic game. I mean, both these teams play close games. First place on the line, you know, national game of the week on Fox. Like this is setting up to be what you think of when you think of Eagles-Cowboys. But to me, just when you look forward at these rosters – like, this could be the first of a lot of battles between Wentz and Prescott. And, like, you know, the Cowboys, I know Eagles fans don't want to hear this, but yeah. they do have a lot of good young pieces. Amari no, no, Cooper, that, that defense, especially. It, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Lawrence, I mean, right. And look, I look, we will have all offseason to talk about it, and we've touched on it. This is clearly a big offseason for the Eagles. They have to prove. They have, they have a lot of tough decisions to make. But regardless, I just think that, you know, every week they play the Cowboys, everyone wants to say, oh, it's Cowboys week, it's Cowboys week. Like, to me, this is Cowboys week. Like, this is, you know, the big game coming up, two really, uh, you know, young teams to a certain extent. I mean, the Eagles, not so much. But with Carson Wentz, obviously. Uh, so I just think this feels like the start of something special. Like, when that Redskins game was ending last night, I could already feel, like, the excitement for next week and the fans talking about it and the buildup. And I just honestly don't think that's something we've had for a while with this rivalry with the Cowboys. Yeah, and that that part of it's true. I mean, for both of it to be on the line, like it's, but that was never really the emphasis of this rivalry, right? Like the Cowboys were really good 70s and 80s, and it pissed everybody off. They they didn't really like, you know, the Cowboys fans like, yeah, whatever. And they still think that Washington's their main rival or whatever. It's fine, and, and I, that that to me is more forced than anything. And then things flipped in the two thousands, and now like it's gone back and forth. It's never really been like that. So to appreciate something where they're both good, and that happened, you know, with the Eagles and Giants throughout the two thousands. Like that was always. Yep. That's why there's people that trend towards that because like oh that's that's more the rivalry because of the you know regionally, and then there was things going on there. I just don't really buy that. Like this is to me if you if you had an English of Buddy Ryan and that that's where I started being an Eagles fan that's where it was Im- embedded in me that like it's never leaving that is right, never but that's leaving. what I'm saying that's like just like a bit I mean again you're only I think seven years older than me or something like that so I mean you know first obviously, of all like, first of all four thank you four okay <laughs> well, you got that beautiful gray hair coming. no I know it's just part of it but but, uh, uh, but I get no, I understand here's what I'm saying like like I feel like that's like a bit of like it, it's not this current group of fans. I mean, you you mentioned the the Giants. Like the Giants, to me, growing up, like that was a, that was the Eagles' biggest rival. The Giants, but the Giants out are playoffs. a fucking joke. Like they're they're terrible. They always they, have been. Okay, well, They've owned all, them in all, every 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 inkling except for those two Super Bowls. But I mean, yeah, except for those two Super Bowls. I mean, but, <laughs> but you're talking about like again. I'm not disagreeing that. Like, obviously, the Giants right now are in a terrible situation. I don't think this that Giants team is going to be good for a long time. No. And I think that's going to impact it. I think the Cowboys are going to be better than the Giants going forward. Correct. But regardless, what I'm saying is when you think about rivalries and, like, you know, you know, fan bases getting up for a game, I feel like they over the past few years, they've been told to get up for the Cowboys, whereas – and as you mentioned, in the 2000s and, you know, I guess, yeah, it was basically like the early 2000s, you know, you genuinely felt like getting up for the Giants game because they had knocked you out of the playoffs because, you know, they were winning division, stuff like that. But I feel like now 
for Eagles fans, this next stretch of Eagles Cowboys football, I think, has a potential to be really special. Yeah, so do I. And this is this is a kind of like the, the big part of it now too. And this is again all those things that we just talked about on fourth and one, and uh, you know Carson Wentz being more efficient in the red zone. You cannot, and we've already seen it this year. You cannot do that against this defense. You just can't. Uh, and I know the big hype and the the biggest narrative. Uh, that you will hear is like, well, they shut down the number one offense in the league and one of the most efficient, then Drew Brees and whatever. You know, it is a week-to-week league. There are yep. uh, uh, so many other worse teams than the Saints that put up more points against this team. The offense looks a little rejuvenated in terms of yards, and Amari Cooper has certainly helped that, but they are not scoring points. Well, we know how much <laughs> you, you love yards, John. So I I'm fucking sure hate them. They're so stupid. <laughs> They're dumb. Like, it doesn't... It just... They're not completely dumb. It tells you if the offense is moving or not, and that's great. But if you're not putting up points, that means there's humongous red flags in there, and the Cowboys haven't been able to do that. They've been relying on this very talented defense. Uh, and, you know, Leighton Vanderess, you can put him in whatever high school football movie that you enjoy the most, or television <laughs> series. Yeah, he is totally that guy. The offensive line for them has been... You know, uh, uh, has been a, a lot better since they fired their coach. Like the, the it is a more efficient football team. Uh, Rod Mellon, uh, Marinelli, who is uh, James Seltzer's favorite coach of all time, really is coaching them up. They have the talent to do that. I have loved their secondary before they became Cowboys. So I can't go and say that oh they stink or whatever. They've been playing outstanding. Byron Jones and Chidobi uh, uh, over there have been great. And and you're just going, man, this is why it was important for me last night, at least to see Elliot, that, mm-hmm. you know, those scramble plays are happening because they, they are going to need them. And they're going to need Nelson Aguilar in those shots when I see, you know, and I'm talking about Carson Wentz's confidence, even though they didn't hit on some of those, they're still attempting to do that. That, I think, is going to hit, and they desperately need that in there. They need both Aguilar and Golden Tate to be in there, and that's why I never thought it was a problem from the beginning, I'm okay with the amount of usage of Golden Tate if he's that efficient. You know, I don't know if you're going to get yeah. that every single game, but that's how those two guys can coexist. And before we go, I mean, we're, we're burying the lead here. Uh, not just the guy that I guess or is targeted too much. Uh, Zach Ertz breaking the single season record uh, for what did he end up with officially at the end? Okay, well, he ended up with nine catches. I think he needed six going in to get to 91 to break it. So I guess he would be at 94, 94 something the, like that. Yeah, yeah. single season, which is a lot. I believe uh, they flashed it uh, during the ESPN broadcast, which was horrific. I'm so glad, Ellie, that you didn't have to listen to that. It was a, it was the worst one I've ever seen, uh, but it's 118, and Jason Winton owns it. Um, there's a good I thought chance it was 110. Or maybe it's 110. I'll, I'll yeah, look it up, but uh, uh, what was you know over the weekend? Gonna break it. What what was that between? Who, first of all, any inkling on who you? Uh, well, we won't speculate on that. It sounded to me like an offensive lineman. Whoever said that to uh, Josina Anderson from ESPN, who was saying that you know we're just targeting Zach Ertz too much when she was talking to an Eagles player source on there. What did you make of all that, by the way? So again, I don't really want to speculate on who it is, but I. I don't think it was an offensive lineman. I'll oh, just okay. Say that. All right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. To me, I mean, how could you take it? So if there was three main points. Was The, the first was uh, the camaraderie wasn't the same coming out of training camp. Like, whatever. You can kind of brush over that. The third one was they're not running enough. That one, I guess. I mean, maybe James Seltzer is our source. Who knows? But could be. The, the, <laughs> the second one, I thought to me the big takeaway from the report was that 
some somebody feels they're targeting Ertz too much. Now, the obvious takeaway from that is if you feel you're targeting Ertz too much, maybe you you know whoever did it wishes they were getting the ball more. I don't know, but I just think the the whole idea of it is is silly. I mean, Ertz is easily this team's best skill position player, not including Carson. I mean, like it's not even close. I mean, I think Ertz. You can certainly debate him or Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think he's the best tight end in the league right now. Uh, so. I just think you do run the offense through Ertz. And look, they did it last night. He had 10 targets, uh, and they scored 28 points. Now, that hasn't always been the case this no. season, but it's easily – I mean, they complete, he completed 9 out of 10 passes once did towards Ertz. It's the most efficient play. Uh, it's pretty hard for the offense to stop. Now, you know, I will say one issue is, like, this year, they've kind of just moved the ball and haven't they haven't um, gotten things done in the red zone. But, you know, if if – the defense is going to let you throw the ball to Ertz four times and all of a sudden you're down in the 15-yard line? Like, I don't have an issue with that. As long as you get down there. Now, when you're down there, maybe you have to mix things up a little bit more. Maybe they key in a little bit more on Ertz. I could see that. But I think this idea that they're targeting Ertz too much is uh, it's silly. Yeah, so do I, and that they're not running the ball enough, which is, you know, with a thing that we'll continue to debate. Uh, do you remember how many carries they had in total without Carson Wentz's scrambling in there or sacks yeah. in there? How many carries did so they have? Josh Adams had 20, Clement uh-huh. had 5, Correct. and Sproles had 4, so, so 29. 29. 29 to 39. Which, which is 5 over their average, and guess what? Carson Wentz still threw the ball 39 times, or 40, or whatever. So, it, it, again... And a balanced offense always drives me nuts. How, how many people do you think touched the ball last night, Elliot? Well, I can tell you if you would like to know. No, that. no, I want you to guess. Okay. Uh, eight. Ten. Ten people wow. touched the ball. That is balance. That is balance. I don't care if they're getting it, uh, handing it off. I don't care if they're throwing. Well, I guess I take that back. I mean, Dallas got it touched, but it's it, it, not a completion. Targeted, right. at least there. There's ten guys that, that were uh, targeted. There's nine that caught uh, or touched a football. That is what you want to see. I don't care what's moving or what's working. They identified it. I thought Josh Adams played really well last night. I don't think we touched that on that enough. Really, really well. Uh, the patience Agreed. that he has and then the burst that he has always surprises me. Always, always surprises me because I, I don't think a lot of you know uh, the, the linebackers and linemen and, and whatever doing that too are, are expecting that. It's just it's very it's very patient, and then it you know it bursts through the hole. No matter if you've seen it a thousand times at Notre Dame or just a few times here, like it always just gets me. I thought um, he had a he had a great game, and they need to kind of continue this trend. And Deuce needs to follow up and do the same thing. I mean, Josh Adams has been really really effective the last two games, and they're going to absolutely need that against the Cowboys here, Elliot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I I caught a lot of heat on Twitter last week, so I pointed out that I think the Cowboys are playing really well, and I think they're here to stay. Now, that being said, things change quickly in the NFL, and the Eagles also look red hot right now. I mean, you know, I'm not just going to lie just to stick in on my take. I think the Eagles are playing really well right now. I honestly don't know who I think is going to win this game. I know you said you think you're going to pick the Cowboys. Yeah, I just don't think that the Eagles are going to do this, but at the same time, this has been also a trend since forever. As long as Jason Garrett has been head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, they win in Philadelphia. They lose they at home. They lose in Dallas. Yep. So, so th- that's that's the, the the back and forth. I, I love that because my butt's just going to be clenched, and I'm going to go, "Oh my God, please just give this to me. Just give us this this last bit of hope." And then you know, I just want them to get in the playoffs because, like Elliot's saying, if they get hot and they get in this thing. You know, that's always one of those things that Andy Reid or somebody else would say, you're lucky. 
you're lucky because we were hot, and if we would have made the playoffs, I want to finally see that scenario actually play out. They are starting right, to get that's hot. That's what I've been trying to say. Like you know, through all the different just talking Eagles fans and stuff, everyone's like, well, you know, even if they get in, who cares, right? But you that that was looking at it when they were four and six. Like if they beat the Cowboys next week and they win three straight games. You can't tell me if this Eagles team get, gets in the playoffs, the narrative around them is going to be nobody wants to play them. Yes. Because they're defending yes, Super Bowl champions. They have a ton of veteran talent. They have Carson Wentz. Like, that will be the narrative. I've been saying that for weeks. Now, I don't know if I think they're going to get in there or not, honestly. I'm not going to sit here and say I definitely do or don't. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. I mean, because, look, like momentum's a, a tricky thing in sports. And I do think the Eagles genuinely have it. And, yes, they be, is the, are the Washington Redskins a good team? No. But guess what? The Cowboys and the Eagles are basically evenly matched as well. And then you get the Texans at home and then week 17 for in Washington, that should be an easy win. So it really, to me, does come down to this Dallas game. Like you win this Dallas game, I think you're in. Whether it's yeah. a wild card or, or the division, however, but I think I think that uh, I think you're in. Um, but I just don't know who, I, who I'm going to pick yet. Yeah, uh, neither do I, and it might. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the adrenaline will kick in by the time we uh, do a preview show on Thursday or Friday morning or something like that, and I'll just go crazy. Uh, in the meantime, as always, get your phone calls in two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. Let's go there real quick. I ain't got much say about the game i'm just glad they won and pray for jason peters and his injury we need that guy healthy for the dallas game well yeah i mean short and sweet we appreciate that is there any word on jason peters by the way elliot on, on what was happening uh, there? not yet i mean doug talked um today's tuesday not monday today is tuesday morning yeah uh doug talked on wip didn't offer an update he talks a little later this afternoon so i'd imagine by the time you're listening to this podcast there'll be some type of update but i will say i saw jason in the locker room last night uh, was walking fine. Um, Howard Eskin said he saw him on the sideline, obviously as the sideline reporter. He thought he looked okay. Now, who knows? I mean, you know, Rodney McLeod said he was going to be okay. He was done for the year. Jalen Mills said he was going to be okay. He hasn't played since. So who knows? But, I mean, certainly it, he wasn't walking around, you know, with a, to- a huge, like, I tore my ACL sign. I mean, he, he seemed to be okay. But yes. we'll find out soon. Um, uh, yes, we will uh, find out soon. Um, uh, we will uh, be... <laughs> Going through a lot this week, I'm sure the uh, the the beast with uh, myself and Vince Quinn. We're actually going to probably you know move everything along, and then uh, the inside the birds guys are actually going to see them twice because they have they have a live remote coming up on uh, on Friday night as well. Uh, where our show on Saturday is uh, actually not going to be there because of the Army Navy game, uh, but we will have plenty of coverage for you throughout Cowboys Week. And uh, got, just got to tell you, uh, for those wondering about, you know, why he's like, hey, where's the Facebook Live uh, post game show? That is because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a new member of the family here on the Go Birds podcast. Congratulations to first time father James Seltzer, who brought in the beautifulest little girl uh, this morning, actually, around, uh, I believe it was right around like 5, 5, 5 a.m. Congratulations to James and Emily on uh, on Zoe Rose Seltzer, who is uh, the newest diseased Eagles fan. Um, <laughs> make sure that you send all your congratulations to James. As uh, and and here's what you have to do for me and Elliot because James won't do it otherwise. I want an incredible amount of people to tweet at James first congratulations and then stay home with the baby for the weekend because he's planning to come in and come back to work on Thursday. Tell him he's crazy, crazy talk. and tell him to take the weekend and just tell him just to join us on Sunday 
which we will be at, by the way. I forgot to say that. The Mayfair Business Center for the pregame. We're going to start. AJ Philly's going to be there. We're going to have a, a a big tailgate for this game, and there will be a huge big screen to go and watch it. That's at the corner of Cotman and Frankfurt. The Mayfair Business Center. We love hanging out there. Lots of uh, it's a big block party. So come out and join us right at like one thirty, two o'clock is when we're going to kick things off. But tell James to stay home at James Seltzer. Just stay home with the baby. And congratulations, man. I can't believe that. Uh, James is a father, and he's going to be one of the best fathers in the world because if you know that man uh, and you know the way he hugs, it's uh, that's all you need to he's, know. He's a pretty phenomenal hugger. He is not going to lie. And this this is not just from – this is from everybody. You know, Elliot's, Elliot it w- didn't know about the hugs. Uh, I, I enjoyed I found them. out in Tennessee, though. Got some yes. whiskey in us, you know, some nice hugs. My girlfriend, for the, fir- the first time he met – Matt Jameson and I, she just she said the thing. She go, "Oh my God, you're the best hugger in the world." <laughs> uh, so uh, hug that baby as much as possible, James. We love you, man, and that will do it for Go Bears number thirty six right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio ninety four WIP for LHR Parks. I'm John Barchard. Go Birds.